Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post, joined with, uh, let's see, we got Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I'm at the Chickren on Twitter. Uh, Eon. Hey, this is Eon. I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And Devin. Hi, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. All right. Thank you all for joining us for our re 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 read. I don't think that was enough re re reads of a song of uh, sorry, a storm of swords. Jamie three, uh, the infamous sword fucking. <laughs> um, I love in our circles that that's what this chapter is known for. It's uh, probably damn straight it is. <laughs> <laughs> probably in other circles, it's known for the the choppity chop, but. Um, uh, trigger warnings for rape discussion we will probably be discussing rape in this episode so heads up with that Um, and spoilers just general spoilers I mean it's the book so it's been a while I don't know it's your fault if you get spoiled at this point okay um, so we open the chapter and we have all like a war ravaged and burned countryside. They're at Maiden Pool and, um, it's all but abandoned. And Jamie breaks out into a song inspired by, um, the town's namesake, which is, you know, the, the song of John Quill and Florin. Um, and, <laughs> and it's basically driving Brienne a bit nuts. And, you know, he's, it seems like Jamie's just trying to provoke her. And uh, Cleos is trying his best to cousin. Uh, Cleos is trying his best to calm Jamie down too, <laughs> and then Jamie offers to wash Brienne's back, um, <laughs> and then he thinks of how he used to wash Cersei's back. <laughs> um, so he's completely obsessed with thoughts of Cersei. I find, um, yeah. yeah, in but this like, chapter. But yeah, I mean, like, how many times does he ask Brienne to get naked? Like, what is the deal with this? <laughs> Yeah, he's wanting. He's wanting to lay his hands on her. He wants. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I know it's facetious, but at the same time, it's like, how many times do you make the same joke before people start going, "Uh." Is he joking anymore? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, I don't know. I feel like. Do you think he's he subconsciously is like? crushing on her a bit the way he's antagonizing her i don't know if it's crushing but like he's weirdly obsessed why is he why is he why is he this why why this much well he doesn't need to be doing this much schoolboys when they're i don't know (laughs) they they can't compute feelings yet (laughs) which makes sense considering where he's at emotionally with any sort of romantic or sexual relationships i mean yeah he's about prepubescence level yeah. Well, you do have to admit, though, he is thinking an awful lot of his sister. And we get kind of like a, a glimpse of kind of just how long they've been grossly, <laughs> I guess, romantically and sexually involved with each other. And yeah. I mean, he talks about like how they used to sleep 
together in the same bed as children. They used to watch animals do it. Um, their mother caught them once and like separated them. And he thinks that, you know, Stannis and the Starks may have done them both a favor because now they can just be out in the open with it and, you know, fuck everybody. We can be like Targaryens too. And then he has this really disgusting thought about marrying Joffrey to Marcella. This is not so gross. This is not one of Jamie's best thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I can't defend this. (laughs) Not at all. And I didn't even remember this until I started reading today. I just, I mean, it just seems that Jamie's incredibly naive of Cersei. It's like he doesn't even really know her. Because once you read the Cersei chapters, I mean, and you get in her head, I don't even think she would go for that because she's so interested in power. Well, we know she won't. She'll turn him down when he asks her to marry him. They're they're at completely opposite ends of the spectrum on this. Yeah, because he's like, fuck the throne. Let's just, you know, get married. And have a family. She's like, fuck the throne. <laughs> I want the throne. <laughs> the throne is all I want. <laughs> <laughs> I think, too, like, um, along with, you know, maybe not such great thoughts, it, it seems like a good thought in theory. And, you know, the part where he decides to return Sansa and Arya, then, you know, not out of, like, some great honorable like upholding his promise but it's because the thought amuses him that people would expect the opposite (laughs) i mean i think he's just saying that clearly he had already decided to do it in like his first chapter i don't know it's a bit of a human thought though just the to do the opposite what people expect of you just you know fuck you look at me Exceeding expectation. There was a sub. What's a stupid thing? <laughs> Subverting expectations. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> so I mean, you could, yeah, I mean, you could kind of tell how much little he's had to do with the kids' lives because I can't imagine. You know, as we see later, he seems to actually take some consideration about Tom and. I, I don't think that if he had been close to them as children that he would even remotely I would hope that it's pretty foul that he would say that like I think if he had raised them or he had gotten close to them I don't think he would want them to marry those t- like just- it's so confusing how close he is to these kids because it's like yeah Cersei wouldn't let him be close to them but at the same time he's Kingsguard and he's constantly with Cersei and constantly with them. the royal family so he has to be around them all the time but maybe he, you know, maybe he doesn't feel bonded to them. Like that clearly doesn't. Dis- clearly, yeah, if he felt bonded, feel bonded. That would be them. disgusting. I mean, it's disgusting anyway. But it's just. Dis- oh no, you know, it's, it's gross. Probably it's one of the gross. worst things he's said. Like when I looked at yeah. this, I was like, okay, this might be the most horrible thing he said. If you look at it from Jamie's perspective, he's like, "What's the best possible thing we could do for our kids? Let them marry each other, just like we want to do." You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's bad to him. It's not a good thought. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he's so... uh, Yeah, okay. (laughs) Anyway, so they get uh, ambushed um, by some archers, and it startles the horses, and Cleos falls from his horse, and his legs are still all caught up in the stirrups, and then he gets dragged along the ground. And uh, Brienne takes a couple of arrows, one to the back, one in the leg. Um, Jamie knows what to do with archers, and he yells at her to charge at them. Um, predictably, they run away once they're charged at. And then Jamie asks Brienne why she let them go, because she was chasing them down, and then, you know, she stopped. And then she replies, they were running. And he's like, well, that's the best time to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, if nothing else, you have to admire Jamie's balls, though. I mean, like, he is, like, yeah. chained up with no weapon, and he just, like, turns around and runs at these guys with, yeah. like, nothing. Yeah. It's his battle savvy, too. And and balls, yes. <laughs> I know, it's kind of, like, an aside, but I I gotta love the part where they turn around to look for Cleos, and he says the last he saw him, his head was plowing a... F- <laughs> Plowing the ground. <laughs> gosh, love for your cousins. Gosh, mm-hmm. <laughs> poor Cleos. I know. So they find his dead body, and his head is smashed to a pulp. And uh, Jamie isn't very upset, like at all. And he shocks Brienne again by saying he'll take his sword and clothes. And she protests, you know, um, she protests quite a bit with when he reaches for Cleos's sword and she will not have him armed. Uh, it's just two moments like right close to each other where Brienne is really like not getting a very favorable image of Jamie. He is not doing himself any service here. Oh yeah, he's... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, Jamie grabs a sword and he swings it at her in one fluid mo- movement and um, he is surprised that she has her sword out as well. And uh, she blocks his attack and it makes him laugh and he says, very good wench, give me the sword King Slayer is a response and he says, oh, I will. And then it's sword fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this reminded me of? I read, I, well, I've reread their chapters a couple times since that stupid Game of Thrones season ended, but... um. In Brienne's chapter where she fights, you know, the bloody mummers that she runs into mm-hmm. and Shagwell's there and he's, she's like making him dig the grave for um, Nimble Dick. And she knows that like when she gets to, goes to put Nimble Dick in the grave and turns her back on him that he's going to attack her. And like she knows it's coming, but she just waits for him to attack her before she actually kills him. And it kind of reminded me of this. Um, moment where it's like clearly she knew what Jamie was going to do. She was right. ready with her sword. You know, she's just like waiting for him to do it. Right. Yes. <laughs> she's so much smarter than she gets credit for. Yep. And like, I know we all joke kind of about, you know, how this is the sword fucking scene, but my gosh, the description is in this. How can you think otherwise? Like, they talk about swords kissing, how he's moving into her. <laughs> Literally faster, faster, faster. He wrote a sex scene and just replaced it with swords and other terminology. He needs to do that more. Yeah, because I I was reading today and I was like, I feel like I've read this recently, and I was like, oh, I did for drunk cast just so I could get all the sex imagery out of here. Um, But yeah, that's that's definitely what it is. Best sex scene he ever wrote. So, like, as they're fighting, it's clear, like, Jamie is definitely going in for the kill. You know, he swings at her so hard that he thinks, you know, if she hadn't blocked it, it would have, you know, separated her from shoulder to groin. And um, they continue to fight, and they're fighting through, like, the creek and the trees. And it just it makes it sound like this almost, like, comedic length of time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he has this thought that, like, it's almost like she has a cage built around herself because he cannot land anything. And then he tries a different tactic. You know, he conjoles her some more and, you know, he says, Come on, my sweetling, the music's still playing. Might I have this dance, my lady? And in return, she draws first blood, which then you see his, like, what I loved about this, you see his thinking, like, shift to, like, he gets mad. Like, he gets outraged almost as soon as he gets cut 
And, uh, you know, he starts thinking the others take her river run as well. He's getting exhausted. And then he has this realization that, like, she's stronger than him. And it chills him. He mentally, like, goes through his, like, checklist of all (laughs) the men living and dead in Westeros who are stronger than him. And it's a short list. And usually, you know, his speed and skill would surpass all of them. But... Uh, Brienne is lasting much too long and it just is not computing and I'm loving it again Brienne does not get as much credit as she deserves <laughs> well because as so we know this is her good. this is her exactly. tactic this is what she does she lets guys just come at her like crazy and wear themselves the fuck out she does this with everybody <laughs> yeah because they're all thinking this will be very easy I can do this quickly yep just underestimating her time and time again yep and she's built a cage. So and, uh, can we talk about their like smack talk in this? Yes. Because it is sparkling. <laughs> <laughs> He's like not bad for a winch. And then like after she fights him back for a while, <laughs> he goes not bad at all. And she's like for a winch. <laughs> I mean, like it's there. Yes. <laughs> for a squire, a a green a green one oh, yeah yeah a green one yeah <laughs> i love that she drew first blood too i got to say <laughs> and she has arrows in her shoulder and her in her leg oh, too yeah, well, did she get out? like what did she take them out so crazy yeah, dude, i've always her. wondered that did she yeah. pull them out before this happened or are they still in her they have to be in her. When would she? Uh, she? Yeah, I feel like if she had taken him out, like he would have. That that's something we would have seen, like him say something about her taking him out. Yeah. So they definitely still have to be in. Sometime oh, after they got captured by the. Oh, that's horrible. And if you look at the fan art that we get every week yeah. from the lovely Charlotte, you'll see that she's left them in Brienne. Oh, so good. Yeah. 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 So let's see, they fight in the brook and Jamie falls and he manages to cut Brienne's upper thigh. And, uh, you know, he's, there's this moment where he's just a brief second of like relishing the fact that he did, you know, stab her. And then he smashes his knee on a rock and then she's on top of him very quickly. And uh, she kicks his sword away, demanding that he yield. And Jamie lunges his shoulder into her legs and they go rolling into the water, smashing and punching As each other. As if it wasn't enough of a sex scene. <laughs> dunking the head in the... I love it. She's dunking his oh, head yeah. in the water. <laughs> I can just imagine she's that, right? She's literally <laughs> sitting on top of him. It's auto-erotic asphyxiation by talking <laughs> in the water. Well, even the fact that he cuts her, like, I picture it as her inner thigh, like, and then the blood. <laughs> that's some symbolism. I'm sorry. I think that's what George wants you to think. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely what he wants you to think about. Just go back to the dunking, though. Like, I could just picture, like, her, his, wait, he doesn't have hair. Never mind. <laughs> He's bald. <laughs> But it would have been great if the show had done that. I missed that they didn't do that, like, dragging his hair. <laughs> How much would Gwendolyn have loved to have shot that scene? <laughs> it was so, like, like just a relief to just dunk <laughs> Anyway, so she's still, like, dunking his head under and, he, like, demanding that he yield. And then he spits water at her face and taunts her. And he says, like, and what, break your oath like me? You know she's not going to kill him. 
So she drops them into the water, and they are interrupted by coarse laughter. Um, and, you know, Brienne is a mess. She's full of blood and mud, and he um, thinks that it looks as though... She looks so embarrassed, almost as if they caught them fucking instead of fighting. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> so he tells... Um, he tells the companions, my pardons if I disturbed you. You caught me chastising my wife. And um, Jamie realizes that these are not the archers that attack them, but the brave companions. And it's like an assortment of scummy swords <laughs> who threaten to rape Brienne. Jamie demands to know who leads, and Urswick the Faithful steps forth and says, I have the honor, Sir Jamie. And, you know, Jamie has this thought that, you know, these are dogs and he has no use for these types any more than he has use for Gregor Cocaine or Armory Lorch. Well, I think the point there is these are these he thinks these are Lannister guys. He thinks these are Tywin's guys because they were in Tywin's employ as far as he knew when he was still commanding. Right. Um, he says, um, if you know me, you know you'll have your reward. A Lannister always pays his debts. As for the wench, she's a highborn and worth a good ransom. And then that's when he learns that Vargo Hote has been given Harrenhal, and he wonders, you know, has Tywin lost his senses? <laughs> and something is very off about his exchange with Urswick, and then we learn that he no longer serves Lord Tywin, but Lord Bolton of course is at this point we think with the north yes jamie responds to the news with and men say i have shit for honor they then promptly beat the shit out of jamie and brianne yells at them to stop um she goes for her sword and then she has the shit kicked out of her too and loses two teeth Mm. I love how George just never addresses these teeth again. I know yes. he doesn't. Yeah, because I mean, like, it's which pretty teeth? Obvious. Yeah, because she loses Except teeth again. Noticeable. Does she not? Like, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it's like, does she get wooden teeth when she's in King's Landing? Like, what happens here? <laughs> oh God! It seems like you forgot about it. <laughs> he did. He clearly did. <laughs> it's like the fan artists remember, but George forgot. Yeah. <laughs> So they drag them both back to the woods and Brienne is limping and Jamie feels sorry for her knowing that she'll be repeatedly raped by this scum. Um, they tie him back to back atop Brienne's plow horse and then they divvy up Cleus's stuff. Jamie tells Brienne she's going to be raped and best not to fight and she asks him is that what you would do if you were a woman and he thinks I'd be Cersei but tells her I'd make them kill me. Then he kicks their horse so he can chat with Urswick. And he says, you like gold? Tarth is called the Sapphire Isle. Collect both our ransom, Urswick. Um, Urswick really isn't biting. I kind of like this moment just because it's just Jamie running on pure... Like, he doesn't even think about it. No, he automatically just goes into, I'm going to try to, you know, improve our chances in this or get us out of this. And more specifically, get Brienne out of this because... He knows it's going to be bad. So he, um, Jamie tries another angle, promising him a royal pardon and a knighthood. Urswick asks about Lord Vargo, and uh, he asks, Are Tywin's arms so long that they could reach over the hall- walls of Harrenhal? Jamie responds, Are you such a fool to think that the goat can outfight 
the lion, Urswick then lazily slaps Jamie across the face. And this chills Jamie as he realizes that this man has zero fear of him. And that's got to be a new sensation for Jamie Lannister. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty, overall, they're pretty scary. I just remember the, you know, the first time I read this, they're, they're all pretty terrifying. It's kind of like a chaos to it, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know a lot of them from Arya's chapters. We know how yeah. terrible they can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why, too, when you think about Brienne's no choice, no chance and no choice moment, mm-hmm. it's rereading these like she fucking knew how bad it was gonna be you know more than anybody so Urswick tells him I'd be a great fool to believe in an oath breaker like you Jamie wishes he had two swords one for him and one for Brienne you know they would die but they would take half of them with them I love how he fights her and he's immediately like, oh yeah, no, she could handle just as many as I could. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, she, yeah. Yeah, like she's on his side. It's so, yeah, like the immediate <laughs> Oh. So Brienne asks Jamie why he told Urswick the lie about Tarth and Sapphires. And she, you know, she says it's for the water, not gemstones. He's like, well, shout it louder. I don't think they've heard you. <laughs> <laughs> And he gives her the advice, you know, when she's being raped, close your eyes and think of Renly. And then this silences her for a bit. They ride until they reach Vargo Hote and the rest of the brave companions at a set there. They are pillaging. And the scene that we get there is also pretty horrible. These people are monsters. <laughs> Vargo is in the middle of enjoying a greasy cooked bird. <laughs> Brienne attempts to tell him of her pledge to Catelyn Stark, and he's not interested and says, silent her. <laughs> cool. like, oh, I gotta read this guy's dialogue. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sylvester the cat. <laughs> Sylvester. <laughs> <laughs> So Brienne is kicked and dragged from her horse as she begs them to listen to her um, in the name of the king in the north, you know, because she's still thinking that's uh, now where their allegiance is. Urswick tells Rorge not to break her bones, that she's worth her weight in sapphires. Jamie is pulled down from his horse, too. He thinks he could grab one of their swords, but he'd die for certain, and he's just not ready yet to die for the likes of Brienne of Tarth. Jamie spies an assortment of coins around Vargo's neck. He was—he thinks he was bought before he can be turned again. Jamie tells Vargo um, that you know Tywin will pay him well, and uh, Vargo says, "Oh yes, <laughs> half the gold of Catherly Rock, I shall have." <laughs> <laughs> But first, he needs to send a message. And then we get a fat Dothraki taking out a Zorak. Jamie thinks that they mean to scare him, but he will not give them that pleasure. And then once they do chop his hand, Jamie screams. Well, <laughs> like, it doesn't even say that they chop his hand off. He just screams. And don't you just love how George does that? Because he did that with um, the Arya chapter whenever they were at the twins, too, with the hound. Let's I just say it. He does it a little too much. Yes, a little <laughs> too much. God. I mean, for all we know, you know, Jamie could have gotten a, you know, a, yeah. a Manny Petty by Zolo. <laughs> no? Do you scream during those? 
<laughs> you gotta find a new place if that's the case. <laughs> well, nobody, I mean, I agree with the game that people may have thought it was like, oh, he killed Jamie here. Did anybody have that fear? I didn't. <laughs> no, because like I yeah. said with George, you kind of quit yeah. thinking that. Mid-book, you stop thinking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> this is such Dad. a good chapter, though, Dad. on the reread of this. Like, oh, it's so full. So much happens, that fight. I'm just really loving reading, reading book Jamie and Brian right now. Yeah, yeah. I, and I like so many things about it. As you know, I like that his hand, the you know, the chopping off of the hand happened before the rape. You know, I like certain that to me these things make more sense and the and sort of add a little more weight to it than I mean changes things. You know, when you when you yeah. switch that around like that. So I like that. You know, not that I like that it happened, but, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but yeah. as, as as a dramatic, uh, you know, part of the story. And, you know, I, I was thinking about it, too. You know, if anybody else had captured them, someone not... I always feel like the setup had to be these people that were extremely vicious to sort of make, you know, sort of make Jamie do that. You know, it's believable. The immediate switch of, like, mm-hmm. okay, well, there's this there's this decision between these people who are just so... Just, you know, they're war crimes. They're committing war crimes. It's not just, oh, these things happen in war. They're, they're uh, vicious and nasty. And it's just such a contrast. But she's not on his side. The worst of the worst. Yeah, she's not that bad. You know what I mean? It's sort of this thing, and he can sort of more identify with her and puts them sort of on a different side than that. Immediately. No, it's absolutely immediately, right? It's like he quite literally thinks, um, I wish I could give her a sword. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that might not, you know, if there's somebody sort of in between that still treated them respectfully, it might not have, you know, the whole thing might not have wouldn't have happened the same way. It's like way, an so. instant bond. Yeah. yeah. So repre- mm-hmm. irreprehensible. Yep, mm. they have to be a team now. Alright. Any um, parting shots for this chapter before we go to the mailbag? Anybody? Going once? Going twice? Okay. Get that mail. Get that mail. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Alright, um, we got one from what we bore I am so sorry if I mispronounce your your name. It says, ah, Jamie 3, a.k.a. the chapter where he suggests touching Brienne twice before <laughs> he finally manages to do it with a sword. LOL. Thanks for the heads up. Um, Jamie 3 questions from Wabori. Um, do you think George had the fuck fight right before the maiming because he couldn't resist the idea of having two of the best sword fighters fighting on screen. The scene serves several purposes, of course, but Cleos dies unceremoniously just so Jamie can get a hand in his sword. Mm. That's a good point. Um, Cleos had to die. Yeah. 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 I think George probably did want them to want to see them fight. I, or just kind of to have it, but I think it's probably important for both of their characters that they know she can beat him. Yeah. Yeah. Important for their relationship. Maybe. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Um, next one is how this is also we got some questions, a couple questions from Wabori. So next one is how could they have gotten rid of Brienne's pride and love of Tarth in the show? She literally charges screaming, even star Tarth, her dad and home plain laziness or just disinterest. Um, you know, they kind of forgot about that, I would imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Or or never knew. It doesn't matter. That's the problem. For them, yeah. Yeah, Brienne's character really didn't matter. She served other people's stories, period. Right. Um, Next one, do you think Jamie... (laughs) Do you think Jamie could have had a redemption arc without losing his hand as things were? I think it would have taken longer, but maybe he would have died sooner? Um, I I mean, George could have done it a lot of ways, but I mean, clearly there was some symmetry in him losing his hand, the hand he pushed Bran with, and it, you know... It really is the hand that was that gave him something that was his own, which was his yeah. sword fighting ability. Yeah. Everything else he was born with, but that was one thing that he'd kind of earned himself. So I think it it was it's it's very poetic that it was the hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie realizes she's stronger than him and mentions a list of fighters who were stronger than him. Do you think we'll get to a point where Brienne is listed among the great warriors of Westeros? Who would who would sing of her? Who would compose her songs? I think so, absolutely. She's descendant mm-hmm. of Dunk. That's where this yeah. is going. Well, she's already pretty famous at this point. Yeah. I mean, inf- infamous maybe is the term. Mm-hmm. I mean, I we, when she gets in her first chapter, the first people she runs into hear that she killed Renly. I mean, like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah I still wildly, yeah, that's what's believed about her. And so, yeah, she will definitely be something of a legend. Yeah, and there's and done. The, the threesome legend with Cat and Jamie. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> she becomes the Kingslayer's whore. I mean, yeah. she's pretty and and red ronnet knew about the bear pit i mean he went yeah. to, oh, at yeah. heron hall went to look at the bear pit because it's so infamous at that point the bitch is exactly. so getting a song come on yeah, <laughs> and then, I mean, over time it will happen yeah oh. the sword yes Devin, the sword she's got the sword too she's she got everything and so yeah when it's all said and done she'll be she could have like body songs heroes. romantic songs exciting songs you know, all kinds of variety <laughs> <laughs> and then you know what'll happen with time is with the history of you know her ugliness erodes. It'll get. I'm not saying this is what I want, but she will be Brienne the beauty, right? <laughs> yeah, she will. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. always thought that. Mm-hmm. Well, that isn't that pretty much how it goes, though. I mean, a lot of historical figures that are women. I mean, they're usually portrayed as beautiful. Like what was um, not the. Not Molly Brown. She was the lady that was a sharpshooter. Oh, Calamity oh. Jane? Calamity Jane. Like, I mean, she was portrayed by, what, Doris Day mm. in the movie? But, I mean, from what I've... I mean, she was not a very pretty woman in real life. Mm. Like Deadwood? <laughs> Deadwood Calamity Jane. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one is Buck O'Hare and um, says... What point do you think George R. R. Martin wanted us to realize that Jamie was a good dude? At what point do you think he wanted us to realize that he was a good dude? Hmm. Uh, I mean, like, uh, there's some of it in his first chapter. I mean, yeah. like, it, it's yeah. not, 
I think by class he wanted you to wonder if he was a it's good early, dude. Early in, yeah. But yeah, I think in his first chapter, I mean, like you get in his head and it's just like, it's just, <laughs> you just know you're not in the head of a villain. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, when you when you get in his head, you immediately like you realize, oh, this isn't like who I perceive this guy to be, just from all the stories and everything you know about him to that point. It kind of goes against everything we've seen him do when we get inside his head and like learn his thought process and all that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Falconer Princess says, "Is there a definitive reason the sword fight is written like a good fucking?" Because George wants them to have a good fucking. Yeah. (laughs) Foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah. Have you read any books that had a fight scene like this? Where, I mean, there's so much sexual connotation in the fight. I have read some some scenes in which I have um, inferred some some sexual tension. Um, Usually... Usually it's same sex people though, and you're not sure that the authors really intended it. It's usually like, like two dudes, so I've yeah. never like I, been in this particular situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, I've read some sexy fight scenes, but this is this has got to be tops. I mean, just for the amount of it's the banter on top of the way that the fight is written that is. Have you guys? Clearly, are you guys caught up on the Black Mirror episodes, the new ones? <laughs> I'm not, but I've heard enough about them to kind of know what's going on. <laughs> okay. There's there's this one episode where they have, like, two, two you know, friends in a fighting game. It's like a virtual reality. Yeah, 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 and yeah. The, like, they become attracted to each other as their, like, characters. <laughs> anyway, it just made me think of that. <laughs> yeah, because like I, saw, I saw something about I fucked a polar bear. Yeah, on a gift on Tumblr, and I was like, "What is what is this show about? What is happening?" <laughs> and that made me do some research. But yeah, but it like turns into them, like you know, not even just the physical stuff, but like the the intimacy and enjoying chatting with each other and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty mm-hmm. good. Anyway, all right, Sorry, serial killing you says, okay, Jamie's defense of Brienne beating his ass is that he was in a dungeon for a year and in chains. Brienne literally just got shot with arrows i think the more that more than evens them up brian beats jamie period what do you you guys think i think she beats him i I mean like you know if he was unchained and at full strength i think it would be a fight i don't know I, i think it's a fight but i think he still wins just not as easily as he thinks he would Probably. I, I mean, I her, think he her... still wins, but I, I, it's not. It wouldn't be easy at all. And maybe no. his underestimating of her would actually could actually cause him to lose. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think if all's the same and it's a they're near... both at a hundred percent. In yeah. my in my mind, it's a near draw. But I think Jamie has more experience, and I think he's willing to fight a little bit dirtier. Dirty. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that might give him the edge. Yeah, it's like he's got experience, although she's got youth. Although he's not old enough quite for it to be a big issue, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think he'd win still at full strength, but I mean, it's clear that it would be a contest. He admits it would be a contest. And she admits that, you know, it took all of what she had, even with him in chains, so. Yeah. Um, 
nobody says um, Jamie thinks that if he was a woman he'd be Xerxes but we all know that isn't true so who would he be if he was a woman Cat, Brienne, Sansa mm-hmm. someone else also which character do you think Bran would be if she was a man oh mm. god well Brienne would be Junk the Tall I could see Jamie as Asha almost Hmm. She's got that swagger, you know? Yeah, I think yeah. there's a lot of, of Jamie and Asha crossover stuff. Okay, uh, Sherman66 like- says, um, Jamie 3 at Unchain My Hands and I'll... Unchain my hands and I'll play mute all the way to King's Landing. What could be fairer than that, wench? Brienne? My name is Brienne. Three crows went flapping into the air, startled at the sound. And they say, I'm horrible. I'm a horrible person because I literally cackled at how deeply Jamie has managed to get under Brienne's skin by this point. Oh, and rest in peace, Sir Cleos. We barely knew ye. <laughs> what I love about that, how he's under her skin, right right as he's grabbing the Cleos' sword, he admits that she's gotten under his skin. Like, he actually says he's sick of her insulting him. Yeah. Which oh, is yeah. so funny to hear Jamie Lannister care. say, like, I can't take any more insults. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah. That someone gets to him finally. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Our shy lady of Tarth says, with all the banter and tension, I really believe they will fuck at the end of the fighting. I was like, George, you are a troll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, then we don't get anything. <laughs> if someone was there. <laughs> oh. Has somebody written this? Has this been written in the fic? Because I'm trying I to think of all the fics so. I've read. Has someone read them? Um, I feel them? like I've read that. Somebody's There's no way this has not been written. You will need to uh, find that again, Chicky, and share with that. your friends. Someone needs, yes, someone needs to, <laughs> that has been. Someone needs to write it and, and remind us because I've read a lot, but I don't remember reading. <laughs> 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 oh, let's see. Thirty-nine Orion is says hello, new listener here and a lurker of this subreddit. I was wondering after the it wasn't me who neglected giving you a cock, and now that. If I were a woman, I would be Xerxes, quote, how much was Jamie idolizing Xerxes and how much it was just him excusing her behavior because he viewed her as a victim of the patriarchal society in which she was living. I feel like in Jamie's mind, as much as he represented the warrior, Cersei represented the maiden, and just as he felt that society had tainted him and turned him into a failed knight, Cersei's supposed innocence had been corrupted by her marriage to Robert. I wonder how much meeting Brienne affected not only his perception of himself as a knight, but also how to navigate being a woman in the Westerosi society. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. But, um... I mean, it, w- it would be interesting if we got more of their... <sighs> You know, I don't know. It's weird to think about because you don't, they don't really sit and talk with each other. You know, they're not that, they don't seem like they have that type of relationship with each other. They say how close they are, but you never really got that they got that they sat around and talked when they were young. You know, I wonder if they did. You know, did they sit around and talk when they were kids or was there any depth to their relationship or was it just all just 
delusions in their head about it. Your mis, you know, misconceptions about who the other person was, you know, sort of. Well, you kind of get them. a concept in in Bran's first <laughs> chapter or second chapter, whatever it is, in a Game of Thrones when you see them talking, and she's trying to talk him into being the hand of the king. Yeah, yeah, but there's oh god, it's how like, little do they you know, know him about at each all? Other. I know, Jesus, I know <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. So and that's, you know, she'll do it again in this. She'll do it in what this book or in Feast. She'll ask him again to fucking yeah. be the hand of the king, and it's like, do you get him at all? So how sad is that? How sad is that that as close as they're supposed to be, there's literally nothing there. Like <laughs> their whole childhood was just, oh. Yes. I think that, like they've both been mistaking that because we've been fucking since we were however goddamn yeah, old that they're that, close. Yeah. That, um, maybe that, that really re- yeah. correlates to being just close with each other. But nah. Yes, the hormones make, made them feel more bonded than they literally were. I think yeah. they're both equally as guilty of projecting each other. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Jamie's 50-50 in this. Like, yeah. it's not just, see, they're both deluded yeah. about each other. Like, I feel like any conversation they've ever had was just before or just after fucking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, fair. Yeah, that does put a new spin on it when you think about how warped that must be from just because they were going at it pretty young. Ugh. Mm. Yeah. Blah. <laughs> I just really picture them having really long talks. Yeah, you know? even. <laughs> really deep, meaningful talks. Uh, Which is sad because, as, as like talkative as they all are, you know what I mean. Like, I, it's like they're all, all like not maybe. Well, yeah, I guess Tyrion and Jamie certainly. Mm. Yeah, but um, that's what I got. As far as mail. Okay, that's great. Thank you, everybody, who sent uh, mail in to us. Um, if you're listening and would like to send us some messages, you can at close the door and at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach us at close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at door podcast. Um, please support us on Patreon. Uh, we really do appreciate our patrons. Uh, please like, listen, and subscribe wherever you may listen to your podcast. And uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode and uh, look forward to the next. So at this point, I'm going to close the door. Get out. <laughs>